0: Welcome to the Fitness Chronicles. My name is Shane Van Owen, where we strive to bring you interesting stories of individuals in the health and wellness industry. Hopefully, you are entertained and learned something that will propel you in your journey for wellness. In this episode of the Fitness Chronicles, we bring you John Minin of Colorado Sports Chiropractic. John has been a lifelong runner, competing in the 2011 U.S. Track and Field Championships in the men's 1500 meter and John qualified for the 2012 US Olympic trials. John currently owns and operates Colorado Sports Chiropractic in Boulder, Colorado. He's a certified chiropractic sports practitioner by the American Board of Sports Physicians and holds several other certifications including full body active release techniques, certified provider of the Graston technique, among many others. John has also worked with the U.S. track and field Olympic team as a provider in 2012-16 and for the upcoming 2020 Olympics being held in Japan. Please enjoy as we bring you another episode helping you on your journey for wellness. Um, but I did notice, I did, I did a little bit of research on you, I saw um, you're heavy into running, so how did, how did that all start, like what got you interested in that? How Running in general? Yeah, like... Uh,
1: I think in an abundance of energy. Really? Uh, yeah, I was somewhat uh, you know, hyper hyperactive. Okay. Uh, uh, I was actually adopted, and uh, my father adopted me, and uh, moved in. My parents split, and they moved in with my grandparents. And okay. so having, you know, they had already raised their kids, and then having another one come in, and, you know, how do you get this... This rambunctious animal to expend (laughs) some energy, and my grandma would, whenever she was doing dishes, she would just tell me, "I'll time you when you go around the house," and she would just make me run laps around the perimeter of our house. Oh wow! And uh, (laughs) yeah, eventually, uh, I think that paid off. It became uh, an okay runner. Uh, In middle school was the first time I actually ended up, you know doing organized track okay uh, how
0: old were you when your grandma
1: started like making me do laps yeah <sighs> probably as soon as I moved in so my parents split when I was six okay and uh so I you know moved in my, my dad moved uh into my grandparents residence uh when I was six years old so some, probably sometime around there okay is, is when the, the laps around the house started happening yeah. um, so that was the beginning yeah huh? yeah that was probably the <laughs> beginning of the running career and then and then, you know, fast forward to when, when organized track and field was a thing, a uh, uh, girlfriend had gotten me into it. Oh, right. uh, I went into middle school and, uh, yeah, she, she told me she joined the track team and that I should do it too. And you are chasing her? And that was it. I was chasing <laughs> her around, yeah. So I uh, joined middle school track and, and, and hadn't really looked back after that.
0: So you ran through high school too, then I suppose.
1: Huh? Yeah, 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 I ran through high school. Um, you know, it, it was actually kind of funny because it wasn't really uh, a passion of mine until later on in life. Um, being from the Midwest and in Ohio, uh, you know, football's life there. Yeah, right? and you've got Ohio State football, and you know. Yeah. That's from Ohio, cool. yeah, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio and Texas are big with the whole the whole football thing, and so mm-hmm. I, I fancied myself as uh, you know, 140 pound running back. Uh, <laughs> Which was a rude awakening. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyways, I actually played football up until my senior year, and then ended up uh, ending up getting convinced to uh, run cross country my senior year uh, through my you know lifelong lifetime mentor and coach. Now uh, his name is Jim Spivey, and he's a three time Olympian. Okay. That was a friend of my aunt's. That was senior in high school. That was yeah. Well, it was okay. my junior going into my senior year in high school. So my junior like finished up my junior year, did this summer track thing, and mm. uh, ended up going well. And then this, you know, Jim Spivey had met me at an Italian restaurant out in, uh, out in Maryland. Uh, well, in Virginia, but the, the race was in Maryland. Mm. And uh, convinced me to, to run cross country and said that, you know, uh, if you do those things that you could probably actually run in college and get a scholarship. And I was oh, like, okay. huh, maybe that's, yeah, maybe I should try that. You know, I've been getting my bell rung returning kicks yeah. and being a 140-pound running back, uh, I think maybe I'll just run around in circles instead. Yeah. And so I uh, came back and told the told the high school coach I was
0: quitting football and uh, ran cross-country. And
1: uh, yeah, wow.
0: I ended up getting a scholarship and that was it. Did you? And so you only ran one year then in high school?
1: Cross-country, yeah. yeah. I only cross ran one cross-country. Cross country, yeah. which was that was fun. enough
0: to get a scholarship, really.
1: Uh, you know my track times were okay. I was yeah. pretty. I was pretty good. In my junior year, I was the state runner-up in the mile. Okay. In the mile, and uh, so yeah, I was. Uh, I was doing okay in the track world, but you know I think when you're a coach, a college coach, you've got conference titles and things and NCAA titles that you've got to look at, mm-hmm. and you want to recruit a well-rounded runner because then they're going to bring your team more points at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. so me only being you know, good at the mile, I was kind of question mark on how I would develop as a runner in college, right? Because, oh, you know, your first year in college, you actually run 8K. <clears throat> you know, so you're used to running 5K in cross country in, in high school, and then you go on to 8 kilometers, and then 10K mm-hmm. in the grass uh, in, in college cross country. So it's a lot farther. So you need to, you know, you need to be a pretty versatile runner. And so only having one event, really, that I was... Shown to be good at was you know uh, it's a gamble yeah. as far as coaching coaching goes. Yeah. Yeah. What else did you run then when you were in college? I stayed mostly the mile, did you? mile and eight hundred. Okay. Uh, yeah. So just uh, you know, still a two event specialist. I, I ran okay on the grass. You know. To, cross course and did okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was, my first few years I was at Kent State, we ended up for the first time ever winning our conference title in, in cross country, which was really cool. Oh, cool. Uh, so that was good and we also sent our, their first uh, DMR, or distance medley relay team to nationals, which was also really cool, so mm-hmm. those are some, some very, so you very got fun to go memories. So So yeah, I got yeah. to go to nationals and, you know, you know, win a conference title in cross country, which was really fun. Oh, cool. Uh, but never would have guessed, uh, I would have been running eight kilometers or 10 kilometers. Yeah. You know, that was not, a in high school, that <laughs> wasn't on my, on my, my vision
0: board at all, uh, at don't. all. Yeah. No. So it was kind of funny. Oh, cool. Yeah. So in, uh, were you, you were at Kent State for four years then or just two years then? Just two years. Yeah. Okay. I did two
1: years there. Um, and then transferred to the University of Virginia and okay. ran, uh, ran the rest of my well, most of my eligibility there. I did two more years there, okay. finished up, and then uh, competed. Kent actually ended up going back to Kent for one one season and ran track for them. Okay. Uh, so I bounced around a little bit. Oh wow! Yeah. That's different. So you went to Virginia and then came back to.
0: Yeah. state. yeah, I
1: did. Oh. I, uh, you know, I really appreciate the the coaching staff there welcoming me back. You know, uh, it's difficult. You know, when you're when you're young. And you make a decision to commit your entire academia and your running career to one place. And you, mm-hmm. at that point in time, they had this thing called the, like this early signing deadline, uh-huh. where uh, track and fields is, is, is it's really scary because you only get X amount of scholarships for the men's team. You know, you have seventy men on a track and field team, but they only get about nine scholarships to hand out. Uh-huh. So you get you don't get a full scholarship. You get partials. Mm-hmm. You get little pieces of them. Um, and you know it's 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 hard, uh, and so you're you know you're you're working your butt off and running for you know not much. Yeah. Um, so how, how many team? guys were on the team that can't state that there were seventy? Yeah. Well, you know when you when you look at you know you have your jumps, you have your throws, uh-huh. you have your multi guys, you know oh, okay. you have the track and field, you know like you know the sprints, mm-hmm. and then you have the hurdles and and long distance. You know, amongst all of those people, yeah, I think, a, you know, fully a big team will be around there, wow. you know. I didn't realize that. Uh, yeah, so it gets pretty large. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't have a lot of, uh, you, don't, you don't have a lot of scholarship money on the team. Yeah, I suppose. It's uh, just Title IX stuff, you know, a lot of it's divvied out. Because you know, they're not, I
0: mean, football team and then track and field isn't making a lot of money right here, right? Not- drawing huge spectators like football or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. It, it was yeah. not a big revenue producing sport. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what year did you graduate then? Uh, 2011 from undergrad. Okay. Continued on. Okay. Yeah. And I read on there, is this right you competed in the... Track and field championships, US track and field in twenty eleven? Yeah, twenty eleven. Okay. That was uh you know it was
1: a big big year for me. I ended up going to uh the US Outdoor National Championships and, and representing actually University of Virginia. Okay. Uh in the men's fifteen. Uh and so uh, there I ended up running my my, my best time. Uh yet yeah, to this day, which is it's a it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. Uh, that's why I'm still running. Uh, I ran three forty two oh five. Uh, so it's three minutes forty-two seconds, uh, for fifteen hundred meters. So it's three laps, three and three quarters laps. Okay. Uh, and so it's it's funny. It's called the metric mile, and, and to convert it, you add about seventeen seconds. So okay. Uh, right there is is the equivalent of a sub four minute mile. Uh
0: huh. Uh, but I had never actually run by one second. Yeah, <laughs> by one second
1: I would be under it, but that's like a hypothetical. It's like you know a conversion chart. Yeah. And so you don't you don't really get the actual name, you know, uh, sub oh. four, uh, until you run the extra 109 meters. Okay. And so uh, it's one thing that kind of eats away at me a little bit is that I, yeah. I had never officially broken the, the sub four barrier. So I'm, I'm, I'm still here. training for it. And uh, Are you right now still? Still. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's fun to try and balance that with, Work and yeah
0: and life and so you're and still and competing, competing right now then right yeah or, still competing okay because yeah. so I saw you were up at the Olympic trials and was that like as a chiropractor or that was yeah okay yeah sadly yeah but not now yeah <laughs> it was it's really funny I uh,
1: definitely it was it was hard to be there on you know the non competitive side but also know. amazing to work with all the athletes and the other providers there yeah um, funny story about you know working the trials is I was there with a there's about six other chiropractors that are there for, uh, you know, just staffing the event. And that means like when you go to the Olympic trials, some people bring their own personal medical people and then they're only dedicated to taking care of whoever's paying them to be their provider. And then there's like staff that can, anybody that has anything going on, they can walk into the medical tent and say, Hey, I need a chiropractor. I need this or I need a massage. Can somebody help me? And whatnot. But there was about six chiropractors and one of the guys, uh, works in Santa Monica and he mostly focuses on surfing and surfers. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's that's his sport. And so we there was a lull, there was a break in one of the days where like, you know, there wasn't a lot of people popping into the tent. I think the weather was a little, bit, you know, iffy so nobody was over at the track at that point in time. Mm. And so I'm standing there just staring at the track. And he comes over, he puts his hand on me and he goes Oh, I bet you it's like being at the beach and seeing all the big waves, but you forgot your surfboard. <laughs> and I was like, man, you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just sitting there staring at the track, because they just built out this beautiful facility. Oh, wow. Um, and this is in Eugene, right? This is in Eugene. Yeah. Yeah, they plopped this uh, billion-dollar track really? in the middle of University of Oregon's campus. Is
0: uh, that Phil Knight? Or I, w- I would guess so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know. I know he's sponsored a lot stuff up there. Yeah. Or They're or whatever. Yeah. yeah, so it's wow. a,
1: it's pretty cool if you ever want to see, uh, you know, a state-of-the-art top-of-the-line track and field facility. Really? I mean, they nailed it. I mean, there's you can go underneath the track, and there's this beautiful warm-up facility for when it's raining. People can do all the jumps and throws oh. and things down there. There's uh, there's a nail salon, in case you want to get your nails done before they <laughs> come out.
0: Yeah, it's, wow. uh, it's a pretty wild place. Wow. So you're 10 years too late, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, was <I'm> <laughs> way too late. Yeah, exactly. Ten years. Yeah, it's wild to think about that. So, I know. Wow. Huh. Yeah. So, what got you up there then? Was it? Uh, did you have connections like other friends or something that were going, or how come they called on you to go up there?
1: You know, uh, I I think part of it's I, I've been. Uh, what really got me into what I'm doing professionally uh, was running and, okay. and being injured and stuff like that. And so in 2011, when I was at the U.S. Championships, I was actually pretty injured. I was pretty beat up. it For was. You? You know, I had difficulty just, you know, walking in the morning. I had plantar fasciitis, you know, he really gnarly heel pain and both feet, and my calves were all lit up and I had a, a stress reaction that I was fighting in my in my shins. I had run too much and ran bad footwear and the whole nine yards. Um and I had seen these chiropractors there that uh basically pieced me together. They patched me patched me together enough that I, you know, I competed fairly well. I mean I just missed making the finals. Um but, I mean, I was super happy because, I, you know, up until that day, I really wasn't, I could barely walk, you know? Really? And so, uh, after getting worked on by this, you know, different level or different type of chiropractor, you know, like, the way that they worked and looked at the body and things, I didn't know that chiropractors did that. And I don't think most people do. Um, because it is, it's, it's a small niche market of, of sports chiropractors, you mm-hmm. know? That do things like that, the soft tissue, the active release techniques, the mm-hmm. grafting and the cupping and, and kinesio tape and the whole biomechanical analysis kind of thing. Um, that I, I started uh, sponging that in. I had uh, gotten their contact information and, and you know kind of you know kept in touch with them uh, throughout the remainder of my academia and said, I want to, you know whatever you guys have done to help me get back to that line and, and run the way I did. I want to be able to do that for people. Okay. Like that should be something that's that more more people experience. Yeah. Because uh, sometimes you get so uh, achy and stiff and uncomfortable that you don't know that you're supposed to feel otherwise. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, like after spending a couple of days being treated by these guys, I was like, "Oh my God, this is how I used to feel. Yeah. Like this is how your body should feel." After years of beating yourself up. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. 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 So. Uh, you know, that's, that's how I kind of got invited, because I had always, you know, had stayed in touch with these guys. Uh, okay. A good mentor of mine, I uh, actually ended up working for him uh, right out of chiropractic school, is Dr. Josh Glass, and he's, uh, him and, uh, Dr. Numanang, they are, uh, they're in Atlanta, Georgia, which is where chiropractic, I went to chiropractic school. Okay. Um, and, uh. I kept in touch with those guys to you know find out what they had done and how to, how can I get you know to be at their skill level and things like that. And um, were they the ones that
0: worked on you then at the trials?
1: They worked on me a little bit, and then another uh, another guy. He's he's the Canadian chiropractic wizard. Uh, his name's Doctor Mark Scapetti. Okay. Um, he works with uh, mostly hockey. Uh, but he had a big uh, stint on on the Canadian track and field scene as well as the the tra- uh, U.S. track and field scene there for a while, um, and he worked on me as well, and and a couple other people that he had trained, and so taking some of his his skills and and Dr. Glass and Dr. Ng's skills and being in touch with all these guys as I was heading into chiropractic skill uh, school helped me build my skill set hmm. um, and so fast forward to answer your question, this a long, long answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. To well, answer the question was um, I, I knew those guys and I, okay. I worked for Dr. Glass, he's, he's the USATF chiropractor, he was for London and Rio and he was oh, okay. selected again for Tokyo and so he's the head, head guy there and then another guy, Dr. Ted Forkham uh, I had met through Dr. Glass and Dr. Ng. He's the guy that picks the staff okay. for uh, the U.S. trials. Okay. And so when uh, when time came around, I just got an email in my inbox that said, hey, we're selecting chiropractors to provide some care here. Uh-huh. You want to come? We want you out here. Yeah. And I, I said, well, yes. And wow. so it's a pretty nice
0: recognition, mm-hmm. I mean, to be recognized in that way. Yeah. It's not like they're selecting anybody. I mean,
1: no, I yeah I think you know it's funny. At first I was like, you yeah, know, well, I don't know if I want to go. I'm kind of busy. Oh, really? here. I want to run around in circles. I want to do it on my own. And then, uh, you know, yeah, I you know sat down. I was like, uh, that was actually you know it's really flattering. Yeah. You know, it was really kind, and uh, I was excited to be there. And uh, That's cool. uh, again, just meeting the other thing that was really neat—not just working with the athletes, just working with the other providers, the, mm. the massage staff, the athletic trainers, the physical therapists. Everybody there, they're so passionate and lovely. It was uh, just a cool environment. and we, you know, We're all, since the event, there's a big email chain, and everybody's keeping in touch with oh, each other. Yeah. And it's, it's so cool.
0: Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. So you're probably jealous you don't get to go to the Olympics now. Huh? Yes or no? Not. Yes and no. I think that's that one's uh, <laughs> that one's uh, kind
1: of interesting. I think that with the, the way things are shaking out now, I'm not sure if everybody's you know it's different years. Yeah, I don't think everybody's like stoked to go because it's like, well, we don't we don't know if we're gonna be stuck in our hotel rooms the entire month yeah. or so. This is going
0: on, you know. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I or think someone like, decides you need to quarantine, all of a sudden you're in your room for a week. Or,
1: yeah, or you know I. I would love to see Japan, and I would love to work with the athletes, but at the same time, I I don't want to see Japan from a hotel room. No, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Stuck in a hotel room. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I'm, I'm stoked for all the athletes and everybody that's going and is making it, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if this year is the year for
0: me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe next time. Yeah, so you kind of got the, it sounds like you got the bug kind of like the trials then to, to be a chiropractor and see the benefit that it had on you, right? That's what, you, that's what got you into it? Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean,
1: I had a sneaking suspicion that I wanted to get in the medical field. Okay. Uh, in high school, I shadowed some orthopedists, uh, witnessed a couple surgeries, uh, blood wasn't for me, so I was like, all right, what can I do that doesn't deal with blood? And at that point in time, <laughs> physical therapists weren't we're portal of entry. You couldn't just say, oh, I need it. my my hip hurts, I'm going to go see a PT. Uh-huh. You still have to go see a doctor that could refer you to a PT. And then so uh, I had actually ended up seeing, I had minor fasciitis in high school, uh, and then I ended up going to see a chiropractor and I actually did some like, you know, at the time, the grass and technique wasn't out there, but he did what was called gua sha, where you scrape the, the fascia, you scrape the, the, the soft tissue with a mm-hmm. little instrument. And my foot felt a lot better. And I was like, well, that was cool. And then I like thought about it, I was like, I didn't have to go see anybody, I just walked into this guy's office and he took care of me, like that was nice, I want to, I kind of liked that. Uh Uh, And he didn't market himself as a sports chiropractor or anything, but you know, I kind of, it was in the back of my mind, it was kind of singing to me like, hey, I kind of want to get into this like healthcare field where, you know, you kind of have the freedom and the ability to actually, you know, work on people physically versus... You know, just treating symptoms. Mm. Uh, so, so, you don't need a referral
0: to come to you then? No, no, no. You, you don't need a doctor's referral? Yeah,
1: we're, we're considered in most states, you know, a, a portal of entry. Okay. So, like, we're, you know, some states you say, quote unquote, a primary care provider of sorts. Uh-huh. Uh, some states, they, they do call you a primary care provider. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, the first couple of years of chiropractic school is, you know, designed to force you to to basically uh, differentially diagnose. Mm. So you have to know what you can treat and what you can't treat. You, you identify red flags, orthopedic injuries, what needs surgery, mm. what needs soft tissue, what can be manipulated or adjusted and, and fixed by PT and chiropractic means. And so with that, that's why it's almost four years, three and three quarters of a year uh, of education with no, no summer breaks is because you, you're still you have the burden of making sure that people get the care that they need, whether mm-hmm. it's in your office or out. Of it.
0: Gotcha. So if we, you, know, you can get in trouble if you don't refer somebody that needs something. Yeah. So do you, you do physical therapy type stuff here too then? Or is that like where you draw the line? Or?
1: No, no, no. Yeah. So we, we do it. I would say, um, uh, I admittedly say that, you know, I am good at doing some corrective exercises. You know, okay. I have a corrective exercise certification, corrective exercise specialist. Um, but there are people that are better at it, and the PTs, that's definitely their world. You know, they do a lot more in-depth uh, studies to, you know, do the corrective exercise and rehab components that I i hired one. We, we, we have a physical therapist in here. Oh, you do? Okay. And so, you know, there are things that I'm, like, confident with. Like, okay, I know that these exercises are going to help you get you better, but then I, you know, I can say Mitchell, Dr. Schroeder is in this office, and it is now... You know, this is beyond me and my capabilities as far as gotcha. the, the exercises that you need. Uh, you need to see somebody that's you know, a physical therapist for mm-hmm. for this. Um,
0: yeah, so. Because uh, you're treating mostly, is it mostly sports, like sports people that don't want to compete, or who's your kind of average client? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, somebody else asked me this the other day, um,
1: and I think that it's. Uh, I don't have a good answer for it because I think that most people in Boulder Mm -hmm. are athletes. Yeah. Right? Like, you walk up and down the street and you're like, oh, that was an Olympian. There's there's a current Olympian. You know, like, oh, that guy is, you know, a rock climber and he's Mm -hmm. done, he's, you know, he's professional. And so everybody here is is some sort of athlete. And even the people that claim that they're not athletes, you know, you're like, well, what are you training for? What are you doing? Mm -hmm. They're like, nothing. I'm not training for anything. But I was like, well, what did you do today? And they're like, well, you know, I hiked. Hexenitis, which is, you know, a relatively strenuous climb, mm-hmm. not really a climb by boulder standards, it's just a hike or a walk now, um, but, you know, it's, it's not easy, it's not for the faint of heart, and then they'll, they'll be like, yeah, and then I went on a bike ride, and then, you know, swam with my kids or something, you know, and you're yeah. like, that's a lot of activity, Yeah. you know, yeah. um, but yes, I, I would say I do specialize working with athletes and in sports injuries, um, but we do get a lot of post-surgical cases and things like that. Okay. The, the active release techniques uh, things that I, I do uh, is designed to work with any repetitive overuse injury or cumulative trauma disorders, what okay. we would call it. And that could be just anything from sitting in a chair because that's, one, that's a one mm. repetition of a, a, one single posture. So imagine holding a, uh, a dumbbell out in front of your face you know, with your arm straight mm-hmm. for, you know, six hours while you're sitting at your desk, well, your arm's gonna be pretty wrecked. And yeah. the, the amount of trauma that you have just caused to your deltoid there is pretty substantial. And that's, you know, that's the same thing. And you treat those injuries the same way you would treat any sports injury. Okay. So, uh,. That you know you can treat anything if you if you know how to treat a cumulative trauma disorder.
0: Well, and so what what is like if someone has an injury? Why do they come? Why would they come to you versus go to a PT clinic? Then is there? Can you kind of draw this like uh, like distinguish between those two? Or is it kind of because it sounds like the same almost to me? Like if you're you know yeah. cycling, you can come to you, but yeah, I would have thought you'd go to a PT you know a PT guy.
1: You know, I I honestly, I think that some of it is... uh, It's a crossover, maybe. They they definitely overlap. I think now, more than ever, the chiropractic and physical therapy professions definitely overlap. Mm. Uh, From my perspective, I think that uh, most people would go to a PT, and most most PTs, not all, are going to be a little bit more exercise-based, meaning, okay, well, this is why you are injured because you need to strengthen this, this, and this. And then they're going to focus in on more of the, the movement that will prevent you from being injured. Um, and I think that most people go to a chiropractor, at least this is how I see it, mm-hmm. uh, to have the manual therapy work and the uh, manual adjustments, if so, mm-hmm. to, so to say. Uh, or the the joint manipulation component uh, done. And so um, most of my treatment, actually uh, 99.9% of my treatment is just hands-on therapy Mm -hmm. where we're going to be moving joints, muscle tissues, ligaments, even sliding nerves through tunnels and, and restricted areas so that it can optimize the degrees of freedom that that person has so that they can move more freely, and therefore heal, or not not, I guess select uh, aberrant biomechanics that can lead to injury. Okay. So if you feel less restricted, well then
0: you're going to move mm-hmm. better, and if you're going to move better, you're going to be less likely to get injured. So what what I'm kind of hearing you say is like being a ch- like chiropractic work would be more uh, intense, more manual, more hands on, yeah. than physical therapy. Might be is that kind of accurate? Or yeah, it's yeah.
1: kind of accurate. Yes and no. I mean, I think that uh, you know, physical therapy is now getting really big in in dry needling and yeah. you know, acupuncture and dry needling were once one things that were kind of more. Uh, in the chiropractic world and, and the, the non Western medical stuff, uh, but now it's starting to be incorporated into the PT world. And so now a lot of physical therapists, you know, they will, they'll do a lot of dry needling, which is an intense therapy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it functions or its purpose is designed to do the same thing that I'm doing with, you know, uh, my instruments like the, the Graston tools or mm-hmm. my hands. Uh, it's just, you know, a different device that they're utilizing okay. to, to change so the So even more, it crossovers the even way. more so crossover is coming. It's even more crossover now, like, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was okay. going to yeah. ask you about that. You have a lot of techniques that you're certified in.
1: No, oh, I spent a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I spent <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> Did you? <laughs>
0: yeah. I looked it up a little bit, like full body active release techniques. What's that? Uh, so it that doesn't... was what I was talking about.
1: There's a... The chiropractor that kind of puts sports chiropractic on the map is, is actually just down the way here in Colorado Springs, and his name is Dr. Michael Leahy, okay. um, and he is uh, patented active release techniques, and it's, uh, it's a combination of kind of like massage and stretching together. that's okay. the, the easiest way to just you know, verbalize what, what's being done. Um, but most of it, it's very, it's, it's, it's beautiful, and every time I take a seminar, I learn something new. So, you know, if you're a chiropractor out there that's listening to this, you know, mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're balking at the price of this education because it's a very expensive certification, uh, it's worth it. The way that Dr. Leahy looks at the the tissues, ligaments, and nerves and things in the body and where they lay next to each other, so you have this anatomy diagram over here next to you. Mm -hmm. And you can picture, you see all these guys like in his hip, you can see all these different muscles that are actually underneath the glute. Mm -hmm. And those are all in different layers. And all of those muscles have very slightly different functions. So the way that they get stretched and the way that they Mm -hmm. contract uh, are subtly different. And so what you can do is you can isolate. You know where those fascial borders are and what those muscles do, and okay. find out where the problem lies between them, between those muscles, within the muscles, and next to the muscles. So okay. you can imagine if that you know right there is the, you can see is piriformis mm-hmm. is the one muscle there. If that muscle is stuck to the the, the, the gluteal muscles that are overlying it, uh-huh. well then your hips not going to rotate very well, mm-hmm. right? Because it's just the tissues are stuck. You know it's like a, a gummed up. You know, piston in your engine. You mm-hmm. know, like you didn't change your oil, things got all stock, yeah. and all of a sudden you're losing gas mileage, and you know and the engine's working harder. Well, that's the same thing that's going to happen in your hip. Okay. Your, your hip pistons are all gummed up; they're not sliding past each other. You're going to lose efficiency in your stride. Your biomechanics are going to feel weird. You're, you know, when you bend down to pick up something, you feel this tightness in, you, in the back in your backside, um, and so that's what ART does. Okay, different. Then massage, where massage is either just mostly compressive, where you're pushing on a tissue to just draw blood flow to an area. This is actually holding a tissue and letting the other tissue slide. Past oh, okay. them. And so you're breaking up like inter and intramuscular adhesions, where they're not able to move and slide. Is it done hands on as well then? Or? No, it's all hands, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Hands, so hands. more intense kind of massage and more isolated yeah
1: I'd say more pinpointed more focal okay
0: yeah more focal focal okay yeah so I have to ask one: the Graston technique what is that uh Graston (laughs) technique yeah it's
1: uh so Graston is was one of the first techniques that were designed uh with stainless steel instruments okay they're different uh different instruments that are utilized to feel uh within the fascia and, and, and the muscle tissue so uh Basically, it's like scraping on the skin. Okay. You know, originally it was called gua sha. Uh, to treat the muscle. To so treat the muscle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You stimulate little cells in the body called myofibroblasts. Okay. And what those cells specifically do is they deposit collagen. They they help your body uh, lay down healthy tissue or sometimes unhealthy tissue. So if the myofibroblasts don't get the adequate amount of nutrition or stimulus to them. Then your body lays down an inferior form of collagen, and then those tissues don't move as well. And oh, so good. when we're when we're using these instruments, they they have a, a little beveled edge, and that beveled edge helps pick up little bumps and lumps and, and metabolic byproduct or scar tissue oh, in the okay. body. Okay. And you can feel that.
0: Yeah. You,
1: you feel it when you're being treated. It. Some people really love the sensation, but some people hate it.
0: Really. Um. You can feel it going over the bumps. Inside yeah. You of your... feel all the bumps. Okay. Yeah, so you know, mm-hmm. some people
1: will be like, it feels like I have gravel in my leg yeah. and you're like well it's kind of close you know some, sometimes it's you know uh, calcium lactate crystals so okay. you know it's like it's when it's something becomes hypoxic you get a lactate buildup, and so then those little crystals will deposit around there you okay. stay within the fascia or the tissue or overlying areas and when you run this instrument over you hear <laughs> <Really? laughs> it feels all bumpy and like like, like so pack. you feel it when you're treating it too yeah I suppose, huh? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, somebody that hasn't had it done is you know, their their eyes kind of get big for a second there. like, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Like You're
0: gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's pretty neat so, so, I don't want to get too technical, but <laughs> that was good. So, as far as your business goes, like, what what made you want to get into business as a chiropractor? Because you own the practice, right? Yeah, I do. As opposed to go work for somebody, what what was your your thought process around that? Ah. Uh, You know, I think that most people
1: get into the chiropractic industry uh, because they want to be an entrepreneur. You know, I think that everybody has a different vision or way that they design, the way that they want to treat the body, which is really cool. That's why, you know, the profession is pretty pretty neat and unique. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I... I mean, who doesn't want to be their own boss?
0: Sure. You know? Yeah. Uh, Well, a lot of people don't, actually. Yeah. (laughs) They like to just go work for somebody, you know, punch in and out and do their thing, and that's it. But but you're saying the... It seems like what you're saying is in the chiropractor field, a lot of the the guys that get trained, actually, part of the appeal to it is to be your own boss and do your own thing, because is that kind of accurate? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that...
1: This was the cool thing, you know, being at the um, trials and alongside Mm -hmm. all these other great practitioners, uh, is everybody kind of works slightly different. Okay. And so to see how their mind interprets the biomechanical issues that are presented to them Mm -hmm. um, is unique and beautiful in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, the movement therapy and and, and manual therapy is, is an evolving um, and so I think that when you have somebody that is, uh, an owner of a practice that's your boss and, you know, I've tried to be as kind as I can mm-hmm. to allow people to practice however they want, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, why well, are not doing it right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and you don't want that. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I don't, you know, I still want to practice and do ART and grass and spend as much time as I spend with the patient. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, like I said, we're kind of unique in the sense that I'm in that room the entire time with the patient. You mm-hmm. walk in the door after you to the room, mm-hmm. we're talking, we're having a conversation about what's going on, watching how you move, um, gotten the hands on yet, taking care of the tissue, whatever, muscles, ligaments, nerves, things aren't moving well and we're reassessing and kind of going the entire way mm-hmm. the entire time. Whereas some other practices they might say, "Well, we want the c a to come and put a passive modality on this person, and then they're going to do the intake and they 're going to do this that and the other and then, you know like I got into this because i wanted I want that very individualized patient centered experience and okay. that's, that's what I had found was valuable working with those guys at the trials, and yeah. I want to bring that to everyone your hands on and hands on yeah. yeah, and so um you know I think it's it's, it's, it's hard to uh, it's hard to practice the way that you want to practice if you have
0: somebody else that's kind of stipulating or changing the way that you do it. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And it looks like you like learning, too. Is that a big thing that, like, like from you're certified in a bunch of different things and, and uh,
1: is yeah, that, has that
0: been a lifelong thing for you? or
1: Somewhat, yeah. I yeah. mean, I think uh, one of the cool things with the chiropractic profession is that, like I said, there's there's so many certifications you can mm-hmm. see. You know, there are chiropractors that do nutrition, there are chiropractors that do neurology, they'll look at how you're you're moving and what's going on with the brain oh, and really? give you exercises based upon that and so like it's just like you know how deep you want to go down that rabbit hole and mm. when I was uh, like I said I was fortunate in 2011 to run with uh, or go out to the, the Olympic trials and US championships and see these good providers uh, that I kind of knew the way I wanted to practice mm. going into chiropractic school so I knew these certifications that I wanted to get based upon what Dr. Glass and Dr. Scappettici were doing and so I started studying them from day one, you know. Okay. So I started getting my ART certifications and things like that. And uh, because it's not taught in school, actually mm-hmm. most of the, the things that I do, aside from the actual manual manipulations of the joints, were learned on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really, I was kind of forced to do it because then I also started, uh, revived the sports chiropractic club there at the university. So how you how that works is the, the campus is cool, just like any campus, you can have clubs. Mm-hmm. But uh, the chiropractic school is like extra nerdy. Instead of it being like a soccer club, it's actually more chiropractic in a different slant club. Okay. So you have like these applied kinesiologist clubs where they're like doing muscle testing and determining what things are going on with your body based on how your muscles are testing strong. And then there's a the sports chiropractic club like mine where I'm teaching people how to use soft tissue instruments to, f- to break up adhesions between the fascia. And then we're doing rehab you know, protocols and learning how the bodies are moving and range of motion exams and things like that. And so uh, I started the club, and then I was like, well, crap, I don't know anything. <laughs> what am I doing teaching this club? So then I just started reading and taking seminars and reading and taking seminars. And then, you know, we would we would meet once a week, and uh, we would all try and figure out how to fix the body the best we can. You wanted
0: to self-taught then, huh? A lot, of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. It it seems like it's that, like that for a lot of professions. Like, I could say that about my degree in accounting, even though I'm in finance, even though I'm running a business. Like, yeah, 95% of the stuff that I need to know, I learned on my own outside school. Yeah. You know, it's just the way it is. But And it seems like it's more and more. But especially with your profession, I mean, it's evolving all the time, right? And guys are coming out with new techniques and everything else, so you've got you've to keep up.
1: Oh, it's it's a sink or swim,
0: yeah. Uh, profession for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. Um, as far as your patients go, like, what's the most? what's maybe your most common treatment for a patient? What's the most common thing you do, and how it benefits them? Oh,
1: that's a good question. Um, I use all of those modalities in almost every session. Do you? Yeah. Um, I use active release techniques. I'll use uh, cross friction, fiber massage. I use the grass. Did I say grass instruments already? Yeah, grass yep. and ART, joint manipulation, almost everything. Mostly uh, because when you look at a the the neuromusculoskeletal system, it is that mm-hmm. right. It's you can't just treat one thing. You have to treat the muscles, the nerves you know and and the joint Mm -hmm. and because they all are affected in any sort of scenario or injury so uh a typical 40-minute session we'll come in uh i'll warm up the tissue with some sort of just getting the hands on the areas that are not moving moving and you know maybe we'll do some sort of kind of passive massage stuff where i'm not actually stretching it i'm just feeling to see how the tissue feels what it feels hot cold hypoxic lumpy bumpy stringy all the different tissue textures, and then we get into some more movement stuff once things are starting to feel a little bit better and, and the inflammation's calmed down, and then we start moving things around to see, all right, well, is this tissue sliding past the other tissue? So that would be more of an active release type type treatment. Okay. So I'd do some active release techniques, and then, you know, I'd feel, is that joint moving? Is it not? If it is, isn't moving, then we'll manipulate the joints with the chiropractic, the pop that everybody thinks about we will we'll pop something. We'll adjust it, and then uh, you know if there's still some stuff that are like still a little achy, well then we'll, we'll either brush through with an instrument, or maybe we'll start with the instrument depending on on the inflammatory state of the body. So okay. if, if you know we're flushing out any any of the metabolic byproducts. So you've got a lot of
0: different ways you can go based on what you see in the initial. Yeah, thing, yeah, it's assessment. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. Um, any examples of treating patients that you're really proud of? I saw the picture of the guy, the, the runner out there, I think. The, is he an Olympic athlete? Or We've got a
1: few out on our, on our wall of fame there. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool.
0: <laughs> um, which, you, which is in Boulder, right? A lot of these guys are here, I suppose, too. Yeah,
1: all, the, all these athletes. all That, that whole wall is uh, awesome uh, friend and patient, uh, Dave Albo. He takes all the photos of most of the runners in town. He's really involved with the uh, track and field world here. Okay. Um. And it's funny because uh, you can just go over to the local middle school. Probably later on today, there's gonna be Olympians running around. Really? You're just you're just <laughs> at the middle school. You know, I'm at a middle school track, and oh, there's there's an Olympian, and there's another one. And, really? Uh. And so Dave, uh, Dave runs. He runs competitively as a masters runner, and he's also got in photography. And I think he's an he's an engineer. Uh. So he's he's also quite an astounding individual. Um. But he he takes all these photos and you know he started coming in and seeing some of the people in the lobby that he's had photos of and so he started oh, bringing in these photos no. and so we we that's the that's the Dave Albo Wall of Fame over there oh, okay. so any of the athletes that you know he's either seen in the lobby or whatever he's he's just brought them in and yeah. and then people were kind of enough some came up and signed him and I saw like the that.
0: one just out so the door there. here that was signed yeah oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got
1: he's got a he's got a record he's an American record holder so that's pretty cool really. Um, Who's that? That's uh, that, that over here. Is that? That's that's Parker Stinson. He uh, okay. Yeah, he has uh, one of the American records, and it. it's just you know close to the marathon, half marathon, mm. uh, a little farther than half marathons. So to, 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 it's a it's it's a cool distance. Huh. Um, and you've treated him. Yeah, we've worked yeah. together for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyone else that you're kind of proud of? Well, I mean, that? you know, uh, definitely we you know have to keep everything you know as a as a patient. Practitioner oh, confidentiality. Yeah. But yes. you've treated I guess you but
0: you've treated Olympic athletes yourself and sounds like and especially when you're up at the trials and stuff like that. Oh yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Huh. That's cool. And definitely was that yeah, you know, I mean that was part of the impetus to get into the sport or into the profession It's just, you know, yeah. You know, helping people reach their optimum function and their yeah. dreams. Yeah. Uh, and so yeah, it has been,
0: been part of it. That's interesting. Is that so like, where, where do you go from here? You guys are expanding, you said, right? You're getting a bigger location. You're kind of developing your business. Can you kind of speak about that a little bit, what your plans are for the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it all started me in one small room okay. uh, on the east side of Pearl, over here, uh, sharing an office space with a, an acupuncturist. And then we started getting emails that people wanted to work for me. And I was like, wow, oh, there's no room anymore. You know, there's a closet door, and that's about it. <laughs> and it keeps happening. It's kind of cool. This is very...
0: Guys can, are calling you or women are calling you to come work for you. Yeah, yeah, there's no
1: applications out there. Yeah. It's just somebody will, you know, we we had posted, we were at the Olympic Trials drinking, and then somebody was like, hey, man, like, I want to see your practice. Can I come out and check it out? Yeah. And, uh... You so your know, business is really
0: referral-based, then?
1: I really yeah I would I would say so yeah. definitely um we've right. done a little bit of marketing stuff you know okay. uh, we're getting better at it I I am, fully admit I'm terrible with this any of this stuff yeah. right like right. the social media the marketing yeah whatever it's uh it's hard you know it's not what I study studied um but us did, right it's kind of seniors right yeah yeah um yeah. And, but but uh, that's, that keeps happening, and so we're, we're looking to add uh, some more space to bring in some more people. And uh, you know we also wanted to have a better, bigger rehab area. I think uh, Dr. Schroeder, uh, as a PT, is, is ready to have some more space to do some more things with his, his, his patients, and, and mm-hmm. I as well. Okay. I think it would be really, I want to have more room to uh, dynamically assess people. I think right now I focus a lot on what we'd call static assessments or on the table, mm-hmm. because you can still uh, look and see what normal range of motion or asymmetrical, asymmetrical range of motion looks like mm-hmm. while somebody's in the room or on the table. And more often than not, if you fix that, you fix the problem, mm-hmm. right? But that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having a little bit more space to operate in and do more dynamic assessments while they're hurtling over a hurdle barrier, or if they're, you know, Mitchell works with a lot of soccer players, if it's, you know, on oh, their okay. plant leg while they're getting ready to rotate and kick, or mm-hmm. things like that. Being able to see, feel everything that's going on in the athlete's body, having more room to do that is, mm-hmm. is, is kind of where we're going. Not only that, I think we want to do, like, uh, some stuff like this, like, like seminars, you know, yeah. brings people in, Yeah, you know, demonstrate what, what we're doing, how we're doing it, and what we see. Oh, I'll be I think super valuable because that's the future,
0: yeah, for sure. That's awesome, yeah. I mean, you have so much you could. Well, even just this, you know, this podcast, probably, you know, there's some people that understand what it takes to get into the business and why to do it and everything else, and yeah, you kind of blaze the path. I think it sounds like to me that's cool, cool. and it's been all organic, right? Like, just kind of natural growth for you, it sounds like, yeah, and
1: yeah, I, yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh. Looking back, and when we when I first moved into this office, uh, we I was fortunate to find a, another uh, a massage therapist. His name's Aaron Lang. Um, he's now he, he took his uh, MCATs and he's you know mm-hmm. studying to be an orthopedist. But a similar situation, and he had this passion, desire, and fire to learn everything he can about the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came in and. From day one, he was just rocking and rolling. Really, you know, people people just started coming in because he was he was doing stuff a little bit different and, and really well. And uh, so that that kind of continued that whole organic growth. I, I mean, I would say I was super lucky. We would, we would treat all day here. So when we first moved in, this is an oral surgery clinic. So people got their wisdom teeth removed out of this. Out oh, of really? The <laughs> and when we moved in, they were like they had left. You know, you'd open up this drawer and there would be like a, a mold for dentures or something. And I'd go, oh my God, this is scary. What's going to happen? Like, we hope this works. And so Aaron and I, we would treat all day and then we'd go get burritos and we'd come back and paint the office and, and try and set stuff up. And oh really? It's just, yeah, like you said, the growth has yeah. been uh, something that, as you probably have experienced too, just something you're really yeah. blown away by and, and, and proud of. Uh, so yeah, I'm pretty excited about how it's growing
0: that's cool yeah. yeah it seems like you're doing it the right way like you're taking your time you're not you know yeah. trying to build out 10 clinics yeah. at once or something like that well I don't have the money to do that no <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice I, yeah. maybe I would try it if I had it but yeah. you know we'll start we'll start small Yeah. yeah well oh, that's interesting yeah. Well, thanks a lot, John. I, that's all I got. So, all right, appreciate it. That was interesting. We sure covered a lot of areas <laughs> there <laughs> from Olympic Sky Road. Yeah, sorry I threw out yeah. myofibroblasts oh, and no. things like now that. I got I got things I got to look up now <laughs> <laughs> to make it all work. So, awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, you bet. Check one two. Yeah, <laughs> it better be.